You're listening to the Mount Pleasant Podcast. To learn more about our church, visit us online at www.mpbc.church. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Let me ask you a question this morning. Where is the place that you feel the most comfortable and the safest? Where is that? Might it be your home? You know, it's excruciating for those who don't feel safe in their home, but it's such a blessing when you do feel it is a safe place. You know, I've shared this before, but um, I always love the holiday season. I love Thanksgiving and Christmas because you know where I go? I go to my daddy's house. We were just singing the father's house. And, you know, I, there's just something about being up at my dad's. I'm 52 years old. I mean, you know, but, but I, just, I just know everything's taken care of, you know, at my mom and my dad's. And, you know, we were singing those lyrics. Can I show you some of those lyrics from the Father's house? The Father's house. Miracles take place. The cynical find faith. And love is breaking through when the Father is in the room. You know, when Jesus was on this earth, he said over and over again, I and the Father are one. Therefore, when Jesus was in the house, so was the Father. You know, Jesus made a custom of being in people's homes. He frequented the homes of the sick, uh, the beleaguered, those whom society rejected like tax collectors and sinners. And every time he did, things changed. When Jesus showed up, things changed. From water being turned into wine at the wedding at Cana, to a synagogue ruler's 12-year-old daughter being raised from the dead, to Peter's mother-in-law being healed of a fever. If Jesus was in the house, everything changed. Today we've chosen to go from the 1 Corinthians series and, and move on this special day, this day of recognition, um, Brad's last day, Justin's last day, to talk about this idea of the Father's house, and this home that Jesus was in when he healed a paralyzed man. We've made our way to Mark chapter 2. Would you follow along with me? We're going to read verses 1 through 12 this morning. The healing of a paralytic. And when he returned, that he is Jesus, to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. Don't miss that. He was preaching. And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, just imagine this home just filled with people. They removed the roof. Can you see that in your mind's eye? Started tearing the roof off. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes, now these scribes were really the, the guys that were the lawyers for the Pharisees. They were sitting there questioning in their hearts, why does this man speak like that? Okay, so they weren't saying these words, they were thinking these words. They were thinking, oh, he's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus perceiving in his spirit, see he knew what they were thinking, that they thus questioned within themselves. He said to them, why do you question these things? in your hearts. Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sons are forgiven? 
or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man, he called himself the Son of Man, has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose, how quickly does it say? And he rose immediately. He picked up his bed and went out before them all so that they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. Church family, uh, it's a different day today here at Mount Pleasant and I'm going to do something a bit different. I don't do that often. I'm going to show you a short video clip. It's a five minute video clip where this scene in Mark 2 is portrayed by a group of folks who have put together a mini-series. It's a free mini-series. You can get it on YouTube called The Chosen. Now I've talked to you about The Chosen before. This is the uh, actor that plays Jesus, does, does a phenomenal job. A few weeks ago I shared a clip from this mini-series when we were talking about the woman at the well from John chapter 4. This mini-series is absolutely amazing and it's tremendously well done. In fact it's so well done I want to give us as a church family the opportunity to see all eight episodes. And here's how we're going to do it. We're going, for those who feel comfortable, we're going to start our Wednesday night services back. Starting on Wednesday evening, August the 5th, the first Wednesday in August, we're going to come back on Wednesday nights at 6.30, just like we always have. Now, no meal. We're just not to the point to have a meal, so there'll be no meal. But 6.30 on Wednesday night, starting August 5th, we're going to watch this, this series. It's phenomenal. So we hope that you'll come. Now, some of the episodes are 35 minutes, some 45 minutes, some 50 minutes. But whatever time we have left over in, the, in our hour time slot, we're going to talk about the things that we see portrayed in Scripture. It's a phenomenal series and I hope that you'll come because it, it's, it does an, an outstanding job describing the life of Jesus. But for now, I want you to see this five-minute clip that portrays the healing of this paralytic that we read about in Mark 2. What you're going to see is you're going to see Jesus inside of this home. You're going to see the Pharisees. You're going to see the crowds all packed in together. You're going to see this paralyzed guy who's been taken to this roof and where they're breaking open the roof to lower him down. You're going to see Mary Magdalene and she's going to be on the roof of this home. And you're also going to see Matthew. He's on another roof watching all of this and you're going to see the Apostle Peter hop up there and say Matthew you better start writing this down. Watch this five minute clip that will explain Mark chapter 2. Jesus of Nazareth I saw what you did to the leopard on the road this morning. My friend has been paralyzed since childhood. He has no hope but you. Please, do for him what you did for the leper. That's a rope! Put it back, man! If you are willing, Rabbi, I know you can do this.
what you wanted. Get out your tablet at least. did you teach? Answer me. If you are willing, Rabbi, you know you can't. Hey, I'm talking to you. By whom do you teach? Certainly not the authority of any rabbi from Nazareth. Where did you study? Your faith is beautiful. Son, take heart. Your sins are forgiven. Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Right. But I ask you, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk? It's easy to say anything, no? But to show you, and so that you may know that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. I say to you, my son, rise. Pick up your bed. Isn't that beautiful? And see, that's just a snippet. 
So I hope that you'll make plans if you're able and feel comfortable to come. Wednesday evening, August the 5th, 6.30, we'll start and we'll watch all eight episodes. They're actually making season two now. And so we're excited about what the Lord's going to do with this. I want to show you the six main points that I've gleaned from Mark chapter 2. And I want to go through these points with you this morning. I want to show them to you first, then we'll go through them. What have we seen? Number one, when Jesus is in the house, He preaches the Word. Number two, when Jesus is in the house, He brings salvation. Number three, when Jesus is in the house, He knows. Four, when Jesus is in the house, He sets things straight. Number five, when Jesus is in the house, He heals. Lastly, when Jesus is in the house, He amazes. As we look at this passage from Mark 2, Jesus is in Capernaum, and He's at a home. I want you to take a look at this map of northern Israel, and I want you to locate the Sea of Galilee there in the middle top, and I want you to see Capernaum. It's at about 11 o'clock on the Sea of Galilee. See Capernaum there? Capernaum has become home base for Jesus because He's been run out of His own hometown of Nazareth because they thought He was crazy claiming to be the Messiah. Now here's a picture of the archaeological dig of His home that I took back in 2007 when I was there. So they've actually dug up this home. It's a large home right there along the, the, the coastline of Capernaum. In fact, it's so close to the sea that if you're a golfer and you can hit a pitching wedge, about 80, 90 yard pitch, and you'll be from the front door of that house right into the Sea of Galilee. Now, let me say this uh, as a way of reminder. Some of you have been asking, said, I thought you, you mentioned about going to Israel. Yes, Pam and I, Lord willing, next year, a year from now, we'll see what happens. July 6th through the 16th, 2021, we're going to take a group to Israel. And we're going to go to Capernaum and we'll see the Sea of Galilee. We'll actually ride on a boat on the Sea of Galilee. So if you're interested, again, you can message me, let me know. We're going to start taking deposits on this trip in a couple of months. But here's, here's the thing I want you to understand. As we look at this image again of this house at Capernaum. Bible scholars tell us that this was Peter's house. Sometimes they called it Peter's mother-in-law's house. And this is where Peter and his wife and his mother-in-law and Peter's brother Andrew lived during fishing season. See, they weren't from Capernaum. Peter and Andrew were from another little town nearby called Bethsaida. Now, now see the map again. Notice that Capernaum is at about 11 o'clock, but about between 12 and 1 o'clock. Do you see Bethsaida? You see how it's off the Sea of Galilee? a little bit. Well, it's about, that represents about a half a mile. And so being right on the Sea of Galilee is where they needed to be as fishermen to center their fishing business. And so that's where they made their residence. And it's where Jesus took up His home base during His ministry. Now, the houses in that day were flat-roofed homes as was depicted in the video. Most had exterior steps that led to the roof of these homes where they would dry their fruits and vegetables and so forth. I want you to see this artist's depiction. This, is, this represents it very well. You'll see the Sea of Galilee there in the background. Sometimes they would make a place on these flat roofs not only to dry the fruits and vegetables, but a place in the evenings for them to sit and catch the ocean or the Sea of Galilee breeze off that sea. It was a, a, a nice place to sit. And so this brings us now to the text in point number one. When Jesus is in the house, He preaches the Word. Notice that again in Mark 2 verse 2. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room in this home. They couldn't even get in at the door. And Jesus was, notice it, preaching. 
the Word to them. Yes, when Jesus is in the house, the Word of God is preached. Jesus, of course, was teaching and preaching from the Law and the Prophets, what we call the Torah, the Old Testament. Church family, the Word of God. We have the Old Testament and the New Testament now. This is supernatural. This is described in Hebrews 4.12 as the double-edged sword. The Word of God can divide right down to our motives and what we're thinking. It is the Word of God that changes lives. It's not my words. It's not your words. It's the Word of God. And we must always remember that Jesus was preaching the Word of God. You know, the crowd, they, they wouldn't move, it appears. They'd kind of dug in their heels. They'd never heard or seen anything like what they were hearing and seeing from, from Jesus. And so they didn't want to give up their spot. And so this, this, this foursome took up this man to this roof. And this brings us to point two. When Jesus is in the house, he brings salvation. Look at verse five in your Bibles. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Notice that, that phrase, their faith. Scholars believe the personal pronoun there points back to the faith of those who, yes, brought the paralyzed man, but certainly the paralyzed man himself. Why? Because you can't be saved riding on somebody else's coattails. That paralyzed guy couldn't be saved just because those other folks believed. You've got to believe for yourself. You have to repent of your sins and call upon the name of the Lord yourself. I don't care if you grew up in a Christian home or not. I don't care if your grandma took you to church since you were a kid or not. You yourself must believe. Do you believe? Do you believe Jesus is the Son of God? Do you believe that He died on the cross for your sins? You must believe to be saved. Jesus called Him Son. Did you catch that? Isn't that beautiful? You know why? Because that young man was now part of the family of God. Are you part of the family of God? Have you surrendered your life to Jesus and made it public like this man did? Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. Listen to me, church family, please listen. Don't see Jesus as just somebody that just is added on to your ice cream sundae and he's the cherry on top. No, you gotta understand something. You and I have nothing in and of ourselves. We have sin. We were born sinners. And we have no hope without Christ. It is sin that separates us. See, if Jesus had just healed the guy, if he had just healed the guy, and the guy had never been saved, that guy could have got up and walked, and then one day without Christ walked right into hell. It is sin that must be forgiven and has been on the cross if we will receive the forgiveness offered by Jesus. You must call upon Jesus and repent of your sin to be saved, have you? Have you? When Jesus is in the house, he brings salvation. Number three, when Jesus is in the house, he knows. Church, in that house at Capernaum, Jesus read the minds of those Pharisees and it had to blow their minds. Jesus is reading your mind right now too. And mine. What are you thinking about? You might be looking at me and go, I don't know if that shirt matches your pants, dude. So, 
<laughs> or you might look at me and say, you kind of look tired. I am tired. My kids gave me a 10-mile kayaking trip on the New River yesterday. Oh, my goodness. And then I was up half the night because fireworks were going off till like 1 o'clock, you know. So <laughs> had a great time yesterday, though, going down the New River or up. You know, the, the New River is one of only two rivers in the world that flows north. You know that. The New River and the Nile River in Egypt. Well, I, got, I came up to this rock, and I saw I was coming up to it, and I was moving pretty quick. So I, I jammed my paddle against the rock, and at the same time I did that, I hit the rock. So what did I do? Boom, over I went. Claire's right beside him, and she's, instead of going, are you okay? She's going, ha, 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 laughing her head off. Then I couldn't stand up. You know how slick those rocks are in the bottom of that river? So I went down several times because they were laughing at me, all of them, all my family laughing. Hey, you're wet. Well, about 15 minutes later, a frog strangler broke loose, and they all got wet. So there. <laughs> but we had a big time. Point is, Jesus knows what we're thinking. Is that okay? He knows everything about us. And I'm grateful for that. Leads us to point number four. When Jesus is in the house, he sets, sets things straight. When Jesus is in the house, he says, see, see, for the Pharisees, they weren't thinking right. Correct? So he's got to set straight their thinking. Maybe Jesus needs to do that today for you, for me, to set our thinking straight. You remember when Jesus was talking to the woman who was caught in adultery? Remember those guys that dragged her in before Jesus and they picked up stones to stone her? Remember that? Jesus said, let him who is without sin, what? Cast the first stone. They dropped their stones and walked away. And Jesus bent down and said to the woman, he said, woman, where are your accusers? And she said, there are none, Lord. So that's the end of the story, right? In John 8, that's the end of the story? Uh-uh. Because he had to set her thinking straight. What did he say to her? He said, woman, go and what? Sin no more. Go and sin no more. Oh, Jesus is compassionate. He's loving. He's full of mercy, but he sets things straight. Go and sin no more. Is there a sin that you're living in today that the Holy Spirit might bring to your mind right now? Go and sin no more. That's what he says to us. He says, I've died for that sin. I've died to cover that sin. Don't walk in that because, because Satan wants you to believe that that sin is better than Jesus. It's not better than Jesus. Jesus is better than anything. Go and sin no more. That's verse 8. Look at it in your Bibles. Mark chapter 2, verse 8. And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, why do you question these things in your hearts? He was reading their minds. He said, which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sons are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk? Now watch where this goes now. We're to number five. When Jesus is in the house, he heals you see, the Pharisees didn't believe that Jesus could forgive sins because they, well, obviously only God can forgive sins. So Jesus, in reading the Pharisees' minds, said, okay, fellas, I'll show you. I'll prove to you that I am God and I have the power and the authority to forgive this man's sins. Rise, take up your bed, and walk. Now, church, think about this. Before we go further, think about this. If the man didn't get up and walk, then Jesus would have been exposed as a what? A fraud, right? Right. But if he gets up and walks, then Jesus 
proved with the visible, the getting up and walking, what was invisible, the forgiving of the man's sins. You tracking with me? By the way, what did Jesus call himself right before he healed the man? Did you catch that in the passage or from the video clip? What did he call himself? Look at verse 10, you'll see it. But that you may know that the, what did he call himself? The Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise up, pick up your bed, and go home. Son of Man. You know, that was Jesus' favorite title and most used title for himself. You know, he could have called himself Son of God. He was, he is. Why do you think he called himself Son of Man? You know why I think, my opinion? Because it identifies with us. He identified with us. Son of man, just like y'all. Jesus in heaven right now has a belly button. Just like you. Think of that. By the way, that phrase, son of man, when I read that, it just jumped off the page this week as I was studying. The Lord used that when he called me here. Sixteen years ago, the Lord began the process of calling me out of the business world <laughs> to become a pastor here. And he used that phrase, son of man. I've been fasting and praying for three days. I was in my house. I was in my little small office. I was on my face praying. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, Ezekiel. And I got up and I started reading in the Old Testament book of Ezekiel. And I got to chapter 3, verse number 10. And I want you to see this. Moreover, he said to me, same word that Jesus, a phrase he, Jesus used of himself, son of man. He might as well have said Kevin. Moreover, he said to me, Kevin, all my words that I shall speak to you, Kevin, receive in your heart and hear with your ears, Kevin, and go to the exiles, to your people. And that, when it's that phrase, to your people, it's like it said, Mount Pleasant. And he confirmed in my heart, this is where you're supposed to be, and it's where you're going to see it out. Go to your people and speak to them and say to them, thus says the Lord God, whether they hear or refuse to hear. God used that phrase. You know, I'm thankful to be here, church. I'm so grateful for the future that the Lord has planned for us. On this day of transition, He has a plan for all of us. You know, going through that process, as, as time went along, the church made me a, an associate pastor, but about a year went by. And then our, our pastor at the time, we use these titles, we don't use them now, senior pastor left. And so we, we, the church elected a search committee. Now, we don't use search committees now because we actually have as a church a personnel committee. That's, that's what we're going to be using in this transition that we're going through now. But they had a search committee, and so it was like several months. You know, I filled the pulpit, but continued to do what I was doing. But, but seven, eight, nine months went by, and they said, do you want to put your name in? And I, I felt like the Lord again had called me to do that, and so I did. And so my name bubbled up to the top as we went through. You know, the church has to go through a process. And so here I am, some 16 years later, and I'm grateful. Jesus called himself Son of Man. Well, what happened? Did the man get up? Well, sure he did. How quickly does the Bible say that he got up? Look in your Bibles with me at verse 12 again. Look at verse 12. And he rose and what? Immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all so that they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. 
And that's number six. When Jesus is in the house, he amazes. Luke's account of this miracle in chapter 5 of Luke says they were filled with amazement. And then Matthew's account. Did you notice how they portrayed in the chosen Matthew? They portrayed Matthew as having Asperger's syndrome. And, and it's like he was just like, he, he wouldn't touch, he's like a germaphobe, he wouldn't touch anything. And, I, and, and, and when you watch several episodes, this is several episodes in, he, ne- he wouldn't touch anything. He always carried this little cloth and he put it to his mouth and he wiped everything down. But did you see him reach over in that little boy's bowl and pull out a grape? See, at some point when, when you're in the presence of Jesus, it's just like, I'm, I'm good. Let me, wow. And he took out his little tablet and he started writing down. And see, in Matthew's account, in Matthew chapter 9, it says they were filled with fear. It's the Greek word is phobia. What English word do you think we get from phobia? Phobia. So, so what did they have? The crowds were filled with awe, reverence, fear, amazement, all rolled up together. Why? Because they'd never seen anything like that before in their life. This paralytic that had been paralyzed all his life, that lived in the town of Capernaum, they all knew him. And now he's walking. Listen, Jesus performed this miracle in Mark 2 and every other miracle he ever performed for this reason, to show that he was God. Do you see that? That's why he performed the miracles, to give authenticity that he had the authority to forgive sinners, that he had the power to say, I forgive you of your sins. Because again, if the man got up and walked out, that's great. But if he didn't have Jesus in his life, he'd still die and go to hell. To walk on this earth or not walk on this earth, to stay in a paralyzed condition is nothing compared to eternity. What mattered is the man was saved and that Jesus had the power and the authority to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's what he preached. And he still says the same today. Do you know him? So what did we see? Number one, when Jesus is in the house, he preaches the Word, the importance of the Word. Are you in the Bible? Are you reading the Bible? Number two, when Jesus is in the house, he brings salvation. Are you saved? When Jesus is in the house, he knows. He knows what you're doing. He knows what you're thinking. And so number four, if you've got wrong thinking, he wants to set it straight today. Go and sin no more. Number five, when Jesus is in the house, he heals. He can heal you. Maybe it's a broken heart. Maybe it's a heart of pain. Number six, when Jesus is in the house, he amazes. Thank you for joining us for today's message. Find us at www.mpbc.church and on Facebook at facebook.com mpbcnc. Have a great day, and we hope you'll join us again next week.